In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Over the 4th of July weekend, I was watching some uh, military kind of film footage, and they were showing World War II stuff, and one of the things that they showed was the Battle of the Bulge. And this was in 1944. Uh, the Nazis threw everything they had at the Allies who were advancing into Germany, and they pushed them back, made a big bulge in the line. And uh, it was a pretty desperate fight. And I remember talking to Becky Howard's dad, Chet Ellis, who was there fighting in the Battle of the Bulge. And uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by some of the things that he said. He said that the winter of 1944 was not a good winter. It was cold, it was snowy, and they could not set up tents because the enemy could spot them. So they had to just dig a hole in the snow, put their slicker down, put a blanket on top of that, lay down and pull a blanket over top of them. And that's the way they slept the entire winter of 1944. A lot of sacrifices in that generation. After the war was done, they had victory parties, and Winston Churchill was attending one, and <coughs> a guy got up and said that the Battle of the Bulge demonstrated that the British and American soldiers were braver than the German soldiers. And then Winston Churchill got up and he said, no, no, they, they were not braver than the German soldiers. They were just brave five minutes longer. And in another speech that Winston gave at a boys' school, he gave the commencement address. He got up and said five words. He got up and growled, never, never, never give up, and went and sat down. That was it. That's the message from the epistle lesson for today from Romans chapter 8. Never, never, never give up because God will be with you. There are three promises made in this section, in this epistle lesson. The first one is, don't give up. God is still with you. Tie a knot in the end of your rope and hang on. No matter how desperate it is and the battle of the bulge that you're fighting, how bad it is, no matter how bleak it is and how tired and you think you can't go on, don't give up. The Lord is with you. The second promise is that even as we go through these tragedies and terrible things, the Lord is already at work trying to turn them around and making something still good out of it. The Lord is kind of uh, what I call the great alchemist. He turns lead into gold on a regular basis. The Lord is as good as there has ever been at taking bad situations and bringing something good out of them. The greatest example of which, of course, is Good Friday, Easter Sunday morning. Just when the devil thought he'd done a heck of a trick to kill the Son of God, then God used that for our salvation. It doesn't get any better than that. And I know things in my life that have happened, and I, I thought, well, you know, I'm done with seminary, but now there's no churches for us, and what am I going to do? And and it led me to all these different things of chemical dependency treatment and chaplaincy and uh, nicotine dependency and all of that. And when I look back, I see how God was taking that bad situation and he was still bringing something good out of it eventually. It, at the time, I didn't see that and it was pretty painful, but I see it now. I read a story about uh, Pastor Tony Campolo. He does a lot of... Uh, work with uh, college-age students, campus crusade kind of things. And he told a story of a young woman 
who came to one of his presentations. And she came up and she uh, was tearful and she was, uh, surrendered herself and gave herself to the Lord. And uh, about three years later, Tony was able to meet her parents. And they told this story. They said that their daughter was really going down a bad road. Drugs, sex, crazy stuff, rebellion. And they, they were just despondent over what would happen. And then she, two days after she went to this thing, unbeknownst to them, then she was killed in a car accident. And of course they were hopeless at the funeral because they knew she was lost. And then the day after the funeral, they got a letter in the mail from their daughter who said, I have just given my life to the Lord and I am asking for your forgiveness and seeking your reconciliation and I'm on my way home to ask for your forgiveness in person. It didn't minimize the loss of their daughter. She was still gone. But these parents now at least had hope that their daughter was not lost. She was with the Lord. She was in the best hands she could possibly be. And they would see her again. Yes, they missed her, but they had hope. They knew that they would see her and she was okay. And so there was something good brought out of this tragedy. And the same thing can happen to us, too. The third promise in the lesson is that God will never stop loving you. He, it is not in Him to quit loving you and I. There is something about us. We are a part of Him, and He is a part of us, and He cannot not love us. No matter what we do or how far we go, the Lord cannot stop loving us. He just thinks we're great. If, if he had a refrigerator, our picture would be up on his refrigerator and our photo would be in his wallet. He just can't get enough of us. And that's why my favorite parable is another one that Jesus told uh, about the prodigal son. Or probably a better title would be the loving and forgiving father and two lost sons. You remember how the story goes. Young son comes to his father and he says, Father, give me my share of the inheritance that belongs to me which was a real slap in the face in that culture. It was the same thing as saying, Dad, I wish you'd drop dead right now. Because that's the only way you get inheritance normally. The father should have, by rights, boxed his ears and sent them out in the field to work. But he loved him, and he said, okay. And he gave him his share of the inheritance, which he piddled away with riotous living, whatever that is, but I've got a pretty good idea. And then there was a big famine that arose, and he, he had nothing, so he... He uh, hired on to feed pigs for a farmer. And uh, for a young Jewish boy, does it get any worse than that, an unclean animal feeding pigs? Well, yeah, it does. He actually was eating the pods that the pigs were eating. He might as well just go put his face down in the trough and eat with the pigs. It doesn't get any worse than that. And so finally he came to himself and goes, what am I doing here? My dad has food and, and to spare. I, I, I've got it a new and dumber life plan. I'll go back and just say, I, I know I can't be a son, but let me be a hired man. I'll just go live in the bunkhouse with the boys and, and, and maintain my false pride. So he heads back. Repent to turn around. But he's not really repenting. He's just got another dumber life plan. But while he was yet afar off, 
his father saw him and ran out to meet him. And do you know how it was that his father just happened to see him while he was yet afar off? It was because he was looking for him every day, every single day. He was looking for him, hoping against hope that he would come to his senses and turn around and be a son. And so he ran out to meet him and threw his arms around him and stopped the dumb life plan that the son was going to put out there and said, bring a ring, bring a robe, put it on him. This is not a hired man, this is a son. And of course the other son was jealous of that and he wouldn't go into the party. And now the father has to go out a second time for a second son in another costly demonstration of love. But that's who God is to us. He just can't get enough of you and me. He just has to love us because we're part of him. And so those are the three promises that we have. To hang on because God is still in control and he will be with us and send the Spirit to give us strength and comfort us. The Spirit who intercedes with sighs too deep for words. He will be there with us to go through it. Maybe he won't dip us out of the trouble, but he'll go through it with us. And secondly, he is already there taking bad things and turning them around and still managing to bring something good out of that. And thirdly, he just can't stop loving us. It's who he is, and it's who we are to him. So listen again to the last words of our lesson for today. Listen to the power in this that we have in our relationship with God. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.